Oh, yes. I hear lake waters lapping with low sounds by the shore. And that could mean only one thing. Cousin Rick is calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk. Good morning, Cousin Rick. Good morning, R.T. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm a little tired after the marathon yesterday, the Boston Marathon. Right. So what time did you have in the, in the marathon? <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> it was, uh, we walked up to the marathon. Uh, we saw your sister run on her, uh, you know, record run, and then uh, came back, and that tuckered me out. <laughs> that was about a, a, a six-tenths of a mile walk. But then again, I went for a walk in the afternoon to retrieve my taxes from uh-huh. the uh, from the tax man. Oh yeah, the tax and, man. Uh, yeah, so that was that was a lot longer run. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it sounds like you uh, you got your exercise too there in your own way. So <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well, do you have a ride of the week for us? Oh, we have a ride of the week. It is the Ford Bronco, the two door. Advanced four by four base. Now I don't know how you get advanced and base in the same name for a vehicle, but it is the it's a two door vehicle. It's got the two point three liter EcoBoost four cylinder engine and a ten speed automatic transmission. Okay, and ours is the it's got the Sasquatch package. <laughs> Okay. And it, it, it's aptly named. But let, let's go through it here. It, the exterior color is antimatter blue metallic, and it has gray on black cloth seats. Okay. All right. The old and it, the Sasquatch package is aptly named because it has a 35-inch wheels, 35-inch uh, tires. So this thing sits way high off the ground. Hmm. Okay. You. You've got to uh, high step to get in it, okay? But it, it's made to go off-road, really off-road, and, uh, you know, it's high up for ground clearance. It's got big, chunky tires to go uh, into the mud and sand, whatever. So uh, it's obviously a competitor to the Jeep Wrangler. And so if I was considering an off-road vehicle like this, uh, you know, I'd give... Uh, compare the the Bronco to the Wrangler and uh, competition makes for a better breed, right? Right. Very good. Right. And uh, some of the features we have here, uh, it's got uh, fender tie-down hooks. These stand on the fenders and they kind of focus you ahead. It's an interesting little, uh, it's more of a styling thing, but they are tie-down hooks on top of the fenders. And being... uh, being off-road vehicle, it has kind of a jouncy ride. You wouldn't want to uh, use this to go on a long trip, but this is made for a particular type of driver that loves to go off-road. And uh, the other thing I found that was kind of uh, distracting has rather large mirrors, which are nice. You can see all around the vehicle. Uh, you know, if you're off-roading and uh, you know looking for hazards, whatever. If you're maneuvering, but they're uh, when you're on the highway and making turns in the city, you've got to kind of have to look around the mirrors to uh, maybe avoid uh, you know, a passenger or an, uh, a pedestrian or an ob- 
an object on the ground. Mm. But uh, other features to uh, the, uh, it has 275 horsepower engine. The 2.3 liter gives you 275 horsepower with regular gas, and you can run premium in it for 300 horsepower. The EPA numbers are 18 miles per gallon city, 18 miles per gallon highway, which by higher mathematics gives you a combined rating of 18 miles per gallon. Uh, EPA combined mileage rating. It's got auto start stop technology, which helps somewhat with uh, fuel economy. And we have a stereo system. They don't even call it a luxury premium system like in many of the vehicles. Basically, they just say stereo with six speakers. And uh, let's see, it's got all kinds of uh, off-road features, uh, front and rear axle locking differentials, and front steel bash plates. If you're going over rocks, you want those to protect the the underside of the vehicle. Hmm. And it's it's got keyless entry, which is very interesting, but there's no button on the handle to open the door. You have to go to the fob to open the door or enter your uh, code in a little code pad on the side of the door. Hmm. And what's interesting for uh, Ford with the Bronco, they have the Bronco Off-Rodeo. They call it an adventure playground that is available to owners to go to. There are four of these sites around the country, and you can drive a Bronco and learn how to use it under various conditions, such as sand, mud, whatever. So if you get a Bronco, sign up for the rodeo and uh, go have a good time playing in the mud. So that's this week's Ride of the Week. All right. And then, you know, if you're off-roading in the woods and then, you know, somebody takes a a fuzzy photograph of you and then circulates it, then the the legend of the Sasquatch lives on. (laughs) Right. Well, maybe Sasquatch drives a Bronco. Maybe. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, uh, let's see. Anything else automotive today? Oh, yeah. we uh, nothing, nothing really specific here, but I want to uh, highlight the New York Auto Show was last week. And the takeaway from that is that electric vehicles are coming on strong. And if, if uh, without going into details on a lot of these things, I would refer you to our friends at rpmnewsweekly.com, where they have a report on uh, from our uh, crack team on the ground at the New York Auto Show on all the new vehicles, the electric vehicles, and uh, a particular report on the Volkswagen ID Buzz, which will be the electric reincarnation of the Volkswagen Microbus. It looks like a microbus. It's smaller than the original one. Mm-hmm. And it it looks kind of cool, and it'll be hitting the U.S. market in the 2024 model year. And uh, estimates are that the electric range of this is anywhere from uh, 200 to 260 miles. So uh, it's a snappy-looking vehicle, and it's got a respectable uh, driving range. All right. So check that out at rpmnewsweekly.com. Yeah, I was going to say. It's also it's also the site of uh, Rick's Tech Talk 
archived as podcasts. All right. So if you can't get enough of this shtick, you can go to <laughs> RPM News Weekly and relive it again. <laughs> there you go. We should only be so lucky. <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah, I was just going to say that it looks like uh, BMW is making uh, quite a push there for uh, electric vehicles. It looks like, you know, there's all kinds of ads on TV. So uh, it's it's uh, it's very interesting how things are, are heating up in the electric Yeah, well, you're market. in the California market. California has the most electric vehicles of any state, well over a million. Mm-hmm. All right. Good for us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's see. Anything else automotive today? That's it. Okay. How about a Musk Minute? Uh, well, not much Musk except for the ongoing Twitter saga. <laughs> right. Now, last week I, I used the word LinkedIn because I miswrote it in my notes and I kept repeating. But Oh, oh yeah. No, yeah. Uh, Twitter and uh, Musk and Elon are uh, going back and forth. Is he going to take it over, take it private? Will they uh, – he's a – a complete free speech advocate, and that's what some people are worried about, that uh, hate speech and uh, things like that could uh, proliferate on Twitter then, and uh, all the, you know, the call to various uh, seditious acts and insurrections or uh, just uh, all around, uh, you know, stirring up the pot uh, might be, you know, is it going to lead to a lot of shouting fire in a, in a crowded theater, and uh, is that free speech? So uh, maybe overall it's good. We can reassess this whole uh, free speech and Internet and uh, social media platforms, which I think is going on right now. Yeah, yeah. So an ongoing examination. And, well, of course, you know, for Elon himself, he said... <laughs> He's uh, come out with a, a number of uh, controversial statements, so you can see his motivation for having, you know, as free speech as you could possibly have. But uh, yeah, it's mm -hmm. going to be interesting to see how it how it settles out. Um, okay, well, what else do you have for us today? Okay, this is uh, it's got a local touch here in the uh, New England area. A company in Carlisle, Mass. It's a startup has come up with and. Uh, Tilt rotor aircraft for five to nine passengers. Okay, now you've been, uh, I don't know if you've been, but we've been talking about these EVTOLs, electric powered vertical takeoff and landing vehicles. Some of these look like big drones. A lot of companies are developing these for urban transportation, like air taxis. Mm -hmm. And they all use electric. Uh, batteries and motors, and this company, Transcend Air, has come up with a small commuter aircraft that would uh, not necessarily be for short range. It would be for, say, 100 to 300 mile range, but they're not using electric propulsion. They're using good old uh, hydrocarbon fuels, okay, because they claim they can get a longer range, up to 300 miles, or or up to 400 miles rather than 200 miles, and fly at speeds of 400 miles an hour rather than 200 miles an hour by tilting the the rotors at the end of the wing. You can take off like a helicopter and go forward like a regular airplane, and they're targeting this for intercity travel, say, from door-to-door -door 
Boston area to New York in an hour. And uh, even though, you know, they say that uh, by using hydrocarbon, hydrocarbon fuels, you have a lot higher energy density, and they plan to do this going carbon neutral because their fuel would be derived from taking carbon out of the air and combining it with uh, hydrogen that would be carbon neutral. Any pollution from the vehicle traveling would be taken out of the air by reconstituting the fuel from components in the air. Hmm. And one of the companies involved with that is, like you mentioned, BMW. Hmm. They've got a startup called Prometheus out out in California where they're uh, uh, developing that technology. And BMW is one of the uh, companies backing that uh, operation called Prometheus. So where that, uh, where that ends up, we'll have to see. But we've got a lot of uh, development in short-range uh, air transportation, either in cities or commuter-type uh, operations. And we'll have to see how that falls out, what uh, what happens there. And uh, I think a big part of it, you'll, you have the electric technology, the motors and the batteries, but also you've got to have the control technology that they say, we're going to fly over the traffic jams. Well, if everybody's flying over the traffic jams, then let's get in the car and not have to worry. <laughs> well, that's it. And then eventually you're going to have an air traffic jam. So. <laughs> So interesting concept, though. I, I'm yep. just wondering: was there, are there any uh, projections for for when this might actually become a, a, a reality in the in the Boston area? Well, they they've uh, contracted with a. You remember Command Helicopters in Connecticut? Uh, not really. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they they developed the, these uh, twin rotor helicopters that look like egg beaters. They're the rotors intermesh, and that they've contracted with them to build. The, the airplane, and uh, the first one, the, the prototype will be, looks to be flying in maybe a year and a half, two years. Hmm. Okay, very interesting. All right, um, what else do you have for us today? Okay, we've got, uh, well, we talked about air transport. We've got some developments from NASA. Okay, they've developed a new alloy that uh, it functions at high temperatures. It would have twice the strength at high temperatures, say around 2,000 degrees, with with flexibility that you wouldn't have cracking, and it could it could flex, and it's highly durable. And they're looking to develop this for uh, high temperature applications. In other words, in aircraft engines, hmm. and it uses what they call ODS, Oxide Dispersion Strengthened Alloy. They have nanoscale oxide embedded throughout the alloy, the alloy that boosts durability and high temperature resistance. And they, the big thing with this is that you can uh, produce this alloy by 3D printing it, which... Uh, helps to cut the cost hmm. oh. so that that's that's looking ahead mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, anything else today? Oh, let's see. University of Michigan has come up with using ultrasound to destroy cancerous tumors. Okay, this really isn't that new using ultrasound or using uh, uh, such techniques, but what they do is they come up with heating maybe part of the tumor rather than the whole tumor. If a tumor is in an inaccessible area or, uh, you know, in a certain area, if you try to destroy the whole tumor, you might cause damage to tissue surrounding the tumor. But by destroying, say, part of the tumor, they found that in using experiments on rats, that the body's autoimmune response is triggered to destroy the rest of the tumor in a more natural manner. Hmm. So once again, uh, you know, Mother Nature comes through. If we let her. Yeah, yeah, with a, a little assistance there. <laughs> mm. Okay, uh, anything else today? Well, one more. All right. Okay, this was, uh, you've uh, heard about the Iron Dome defense system in Israel that they deployed to uh, defend against rockets coming into the country from outside, maybe in Lebanon or other areas. Yes. Mm-hmm. They've come up, well, that's the Iron Dome. That uses... Uh, missiles that go up and intercept whatever rockets are coming in. And those things cost about 100000 a shot. But they've come up with what they call the iron beam. Now, they haven't released much details on it because it's like a military secret. But this uses a high-powered laser to destroy incoming weapons. And it would be drones, mortars, and rockets. So that's the the next step that uh, they've tested it. They they say it works. Now they're looking at maybe deploying it in uh, the next few years with a little more development. Mm. Okay. Now, the the numbers they they put out, they say uh, uh, it uses a beam to destroy a target within five seconds at a range of seven kilometers, which is a little over four miles. Although if something's coming in pretty fast and you're taking five seconds to destroy it and it's only out at four miles, uh, that's getting pretty close. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like that uh, maybe they wouldn't really release the full performance there because they don't want anybody to know what it can really do. Right. Sounds like the, you know, the stuff of uh, past science fiction there. <laughs> And, uh, well, I guess you better be careful where you aim it also. <laughs> yes. All Although right. when the Iron Dome was first deployed, people, instead of taking shelter when the air raid sirens went off, they'd run outside to watch it work. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it was quite a show. So. Mm. <laughs> All right, so is that a wrap for today? That's a wrap for today. Always glad we could get together. Stay well. All right, you too. All right, so that was Cousin Rick calling in from Needham, Massachusetts with Rick's Tech Talk, a regular feature of the Newtopian Dream.